in verse 8, Isaiah chapter 6, in verse 8, our theme this year is available. Available. 2016, a year of availability. I'm going to do a little preaching tonight from that thought, just kind of set the theme for where we're going. You're going to hear more about it in coming weeks and months and all the way through the year. I want to be available because God uses people who make themselves available. God gives revival to churches who make themselves available. God works miracles for people uh, who make themselves available. God opens up the wonders uh, of his provision uh, for people uh, who make themselves available. I want to be one of those people. Amen. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? I love you. Thank you for your goodness and your anointing. I thank you for the presence of God that I feel so rich in this house. I'm asking that over the course of the next 30 minutes or so, Lord, that you'd move me out of the way, God, and that you allow your word to speak a challenge to this church, God. I'm asking, Lord, you'd help each and every one of us come to the place, Lord, where we determine that the greatest ability that we have is our availability, Lord, that when we surrender to you, God, you can do anything for your church. I'm asking you, God, just to have your way in this place tonight, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Would you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. They say that necessity is the mother of invention. But a lot of times it is availability that gives rise to ingenuity. Sometimes you just have to use what you have available regardless of if it was made for that purpose or not. Availability, Brother Donnie, is what turns pocket knives into screwdrivers. It's not because that's what they're good for. It's because when you need a screwdriver, you've got a pocket knife. Amen. It's availability that turns wrenches into hammers. Uh, amen. Not because a wrench, a wrench makes a lousy hammer, but when a wrench is all you've got, uh, amen, you start hammering with a wrench. Uh, it is availability that turns an imperfect man uh, into God's perfect vessel. Uh, God's not looking for somebody who's got it all together. Uh, he's not looking for somebody who's got everything all lined out in your life. Uh, he's not looking for somebody who's living at the pinnacle of perfection. Uh, he's looking for somebody who's saying, I'm available, God. Uh, here I am. Use me. Uh, here I am. Send me. Both in the divine realm and in our daily existence, it's not always about what is most perfectly suited for the task at hand. Uh, more often than not, uh, it is a, more about what you have available that you can use right now to accomplish the task uh, that you've been given. Uh, amen. I believe that God uh, is walking through the aisles uh, of this church this evening uh, and he's looking for somebody uh, who's willing to say, I'm 
available, God. Uh, here I am, Lord. Uh, use me. Uh, here I am, God. Send me, Lord. Uh, here I am, Lord. Let me be used by you in 2016 uh, like I've never been used before. A man once answered an ad for a job as a handyman. And whenever the prospective employer began to question him, he said, Sir, can, can you do carpentry? And he said, Well, no, not, not really. I'm not a very good carpenter. I mean, you know, I know how to hammer hammer and drive nails, but I, I'm really, no, I'm, I'm not a carpenter. Okay, sir. He said, Well, how about bricklaying? Do you know how to lay bricks? He said, no, I've never even, I've seen it done. I think that probably give me a little brick more. I might could figure out how to do it, but I, no, I, I'm, I'm not a bricklayer. He said, okay. He said, well, what about electrical work? Can you do a little electrical work? And the man said, no, I, now, I don't know anything about that at all. As a matter of fact, I just do not know anything about that. Uh, amen. I really don't want to get into that electricity stuff. And so finally, the exasperated employer said, well, then you can, can you tell me then what it is that makes you happy? handy oh that's easy he said I live just around the corner sometimes your availability is more important than your ability sometimes the fact that you're able to be where God wants you to be that you're able to hear what God is saying to the church sometimes the fact that you're willing to bend your knee and yield your life to the presence of God and say Lord here I am is more important than whether or not you're a good preacher or whether or not you're a good speaker or whether or not you're a good singer or whether or not you're good at telling the gospel story sometimes it only matters uh, that you're willing to say, here I am, God. I'm available. Use me. It is your ability to be where God can call you. It is your ability to be where you can hear his voice. Uh, it is your ability to become what he needs you to be. Not be what he needs you to be, but be willing to become what he needs you to be that more than anything else makes you a vessel that God can use. God is not necessarily looking for the perfect fit or the most qualified person so that we can have revival. He's not necessarily looking for the church that has it all figured out and has it all together so he can give them a revival. He's just looking for somebody uh, who's willing to say, Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm willing. Uh, would you use us, God? Uh, we're ready, Lord. We're hungry, Lord. Uh, I can't do much, uh, but I'll do what I can can do. I, I can't give much, but I'll give what I can give. I can't go far, but I'll go where I can go, Lord. Use me. I believe that God has a plan for Lake City, Arkansas. He only needs a person uh, who's willing to give him license uh, to work in their life. Uh, amen. Abraham was a liar. Moses was a murderer. Gideon was a coward. Rahab was a harlot. Peter had anger issues. Paul was self-righteous. Uh, none of the men and women that God uses in the pages of the Word of God were perfect. 
As a matter of fact, most of them were very deeply flawed, but they all shared one common characteristic. They made themselves available to God. When God said go, they said I'm going. When God said speak, they said I'm not going to hold back my voice. When God said just believe and watch and see, they said Lord, I believe you can do anything. God didn't choose Mary to become the mother of the Messiah because she was perfect. God chose her because he knew that when the angel made her an impossible, improbable promise, uh, that her response would be, not I can't do it, not I don't know anything about that, not I'm not qualified, but even so, Lord, let it be unto me uh, as you've spoken it. Uh, in other words, she's willing to say, Lord, I'm available. If you need somebody, Lord, you can use me, Lord. It might put me in an uncomfortable place. Uh, it might take me out of my comfort zone. Uh, they're going to look at me. They're going to mock me. They're going to roll their eyes at me. They're going to say bad things about me behind my back. But God, if you need a vessel uh, that you can use to bring the Messiah into the world, here am I, God. Use me. Over and over and over again, God works where men and women make themselves available to him. Uh, he does the impossible. Uh, he works incredible miracles. Uh, he rends the heavens uh, and rains down his glory uh, for people who determine uh, that they are willing uh, to be a part of his plan. Uh, that they are willing uh, to set their agenda on hold for a little while and say, God, whatever it is you want to do, Lord, I want to be a part of it. Uh, wherever it is you want to take me, God, uh, I'm willing to go. We got some misguided notion that God's waiting for us to get it all together, waiting for us to get it all figured out, waiting for us to get things perfect. When we get things perfect in Lake City, we'll have revival. When we get, when we get things all lined out, when we get everything all set in order, that's when it's going to happen. I, I want you to understand tonight, God doesn't need perfection. Huh? He just needs availability. Huh? God doesn't need somebody who's got everything sorted out. Huh? He just needs somebody who's willing to say, amen, I'm not what I want to be, but thank Thank God, I'm not what I used to be. And God, here I am. Uh, use me. Uh, he needs hands uh, that he can touch with. They don't have to be perfect. Uh, they just need to be hands that are willing to reach out and let him use them. He needs a heart uh, that he can care with. Uh, you don't have to have everything just so-so. Uh, but he needs a heart uh, that he can put a burden in. Uh, he needs eyes that he can see with. He needs a mouth that he can speak through. He needs feet that are willing to go. Uh, amen. He needs somebody that's willing to say, here I am, God, use me. I really believe that God wants to give us an unprecedented revival. I have preached it for years. I have said it more times than I can count. And I want you to know I'm not backing up one inch or one iota. I believe that God wants to give us a revival, the likes of which we've never seen before. I'm going to tell you what I believe on this first Sunday of 2016. I, I believe we're overdue for a mighty move of God. I believe we're overdue for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We struggled long enough. We've been stuck right 
right here uh, long enough. Uh, we've been riding in this rut uh, for far too long. Uh, it's time for a breakthrough. Uh, it's time for a mighty move of God. Uh, it's time for souls uh, to be saved. Uh, it's time for lives uh, to be changed. Uh, it's time for God to do what only he can do. All he's looking for is somebody that'll stand up and say, here I am, God. I'm available, Lord. If you want to have a revival, God, I'll be there. I can't do a whole lot, but I can say amen to the preacher. I, I can't go very far, but I can be at the church house. Uh, when the doors are, I can come to prayer meeting. Uh, I can't do a whole lot, uh, but I can call on the name of Jesus. Uh, here I am, God. Here I am, God. Here I am, Lord. Use me. I came to this pulpit tonight to tell somebody under the sound of my voice, uh, God wants to do it. Uh, amen. He wants to send us a revival. He wants to touch the hurting. Uh, he wants to bring peace to the troubled. Uh, he wants to speak hope uh, into hopeless situations. Uh, the only thing holding back the hand of God uh, is the need uh, for an available vessel uh, that he can work through. The prophet Isaiah said it first. But the question comes echoing through the eons of time. God will work. Who will let him? God will work. Who will let him? God is looking for somebody that will make themselves available to him. He's looking for somebody that will become the vessel through which he can work. God will work. Who will let him? God will do miracles. Who will say I'm the vessel? God will make a blessing where there seems to be no blessing. Who is the person that will say I'm available God use me God will speak a word of prophecy into somebody's life uh, if you can find a prayer warrior that's willing to submit themselves to the gift of the spirit uh, and let the prophetic word flow through them what about you what about a church in Lake City will you let him work God will work God will have, I'm going to tell you something. I never have bought into this crazy, lame idea that the church is going to leave this world defeated and broken, uh, that you can't have revival in this day and age. My Bible said, uh, the darker the darkness, uh, the brighter the light. Uh, my Bible said, this is a church uh, victorious. Uh, my Bible said, uh, there's going to be an apostolic, uh, in time revival, outpouring uh, of the Holy Ghost. The latter rain uh, will be greater than the former honey you ain't seen nothing yet God's getting ready God is willing God will work the question is will we let him Will we allow him? Will we say, I'm available, God. I'm willing, God. I'm ready, God. I'm hungry, God. I've often heard it said, God doesn't need anything. He has everything that he needs. But when I look through the pages of the word of God, I'm reminded of one thing that God needs. God needs. 
a man or a woman or a child that will let him work in their life. He doesn't need education. He doesn't need talent. He doesn't need ability. He doesn't need riches. He doesn't need wealth. He doesn't need all the things that we think qualify somebody to be used for God. He just needs somebody that is available before he will work in the realm of humanity. He needs a man or a woman or a child that will say, here I am, God, use me. Did you ever wonder why when Jonah ran from God, why God didn't just go to Nineveh himself and preach the word to the Ninevites? Why go to the trouble of creating a storm and sending a big giant whale to go swallow up Jonah to deliver him back to Nineveh? God can do anything he wants. It seems like an awful lot of trouble to go through in order to get a rebellious prophet to go preach to the nation of Nineveh. Did you ever wonder why God made Noah labor to build the ark, to struggle to put that thing together? Why not just take Noah and his family and shelter them from the storm? Did you ever wonder why God was long-suffering with Moses even after he tried to persuade God not to send him to Egypt? Why did God bother with him? Why not just ascend into Pharaoh's palace all by himself in a whirlwind of power and demand the release of his own people? Did you ever wonder why, when it came to the saving of the world, God looked first for a man? That's what Isaiah says. God looked for a man. And finding none worthy, he made himself a man. Did you ever wonder why? God chose to become a man in order to save humanity. God robed himself in flesh and brought salvation and righteousness to a lost world. The Bible is replete with examples that demonstrate to us that every time God seeks to activate his will in this world, he uses a human agent. He uses a man or a woman or a child, not just some of the time, but all of the time. Whenever God gets ready to move in this world, he looks for a man or a woman or a child that makes themselves available to be used. God can do anything he wants. God can move any way he wants to move. But he chooses a vessel of frail human flesh to become the conduit through which he moves. And he's proven over and over again that he will pursue a man to the ends of the earth in order to obtain a vessel that he can use to minister a message of and grace to a lost world. Why does God refuse to act on his own without the, the vehicle of human agency? Why is God so relentless in his pursuit of a man to fulfill his will? Why does God try so hard to obtain somebody that is available and willing to let him work? I'm glad you asked. At the microphone, hold on, I'm going to answer that question. Way back in the first chapter of the Bible, God gave Adam dominion over the earth. Now he's a sovereign God. 
He rules everything that is. He has dominion and authority over everything that exists. Even the devil answers uh, to this mighty God. Uh, but when he created man, uh, he made him to fellowship with God. Uh, he made man uh, the master of his own domain. Uh, he granted man dominion over the earth. Uh, and when Satan sought to pervert the plan of God, uh, to tarnish God's creation, uh, he went to the one uh, who had dominion on God's creation. And when Adam yielded his will to Satan, uh, he gave his authority over to the devil. Satan utilized Adam's dominion to bring sin into the world. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 tells us that by one man, Sin entered into the world and death by sin. Notice, it wasn't by one devil. It wasn't by Satan or by Satan's authority. But it was by man's dominion that sin entered the world. It was man's authority that brought condemnation and judgment into the world. Romans chapter 5 and verse 19 then clues us in to the reason why God is so unyielding in his pursuit of a human vessel through which he may bring about mercy and grace in the world. The scripture says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Sin entered uh, by man's authority, and sin would only be stopped uh, by the authority of a man and so God looked for a man that could die for sin and when God couldn't find a man God said I'm going to become a man because it takes a man to undo what man did in the garden it takes that authority it takes that grace and power of God to be robed in flesh so God has chosen when he's working in the realm of humanity to limit himself to working through a human agent God will work the question is who will let him God will move the question is who will allow it God has chosen to deliver grace and mercy in the realm of humanity through the venue of Adam's dominion. Salvation from God will only come through the vehicle of a man. That's why God doesn't go preach to the Ninevites, but he sends a man. That's why God's not going to walk down the streets of Lake City and call people to repentance. He's going to send a man or a woman or a child to take the gospel message to a lost world. Revival will always flow through the conduit uh, of men and women uh, who make themselves available to God. That's why when God went looking for a man and found none, he became one. That's why God was persistent in his pursuit of Jonah. That's why God made Noah build an ark. That's why God was patient with Moses uh, because God has chosen to bring deliverance uh, through the vessel of humanity. I want you to know tonight uh, that God has a plan uh, for revival in Lake City. Uh, I believe, uh, amen, that before we were ever even a twinkle in our mom and daddy's eyes, uh, before Brother Anderson ever came into being, uh, God ordained uh, an apostolic church uh, to be in Lake City, Arkansas. I believe God looked through the eons of time uh, and saw the year 2016 uh, and saw this church right here. And I believe God ordained uh, that there be a move of God uh, 
that there be revival, that there be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, that lives will be changed, that souls will be set free. I believe God wants to do it. The question is, who will let him? He's looking for a person. He's looking for a vessel. He's looking for somebody who will make themselves available. He's looking for somebody that he can use to fulfill his plan. He's a sovereign God. Everything in his creation answers to the sound of his voice. There isn't a portion of his creation that can defy his command. But when it comes to bringing salvation to this city, God's not going to do it by the word of his mouth. He's going to send you to speak his word. He's going to send you to reach out and touch somebody. He won't take one person by their arm. And lead them to the house of God to hear an anointed preacher preach uh, unless it's your hand that he uses uh, to take them by the arm uh, and bring them to the house of God. He's not going to speak his voice uh, to invite one person to come uh, to hear the preaching of the word of God uh, unless it's your voice uh, that you make available and allow God to speak through you. God is looking for somebody uh, that he can use uh, to touch our world. Uh, He's looking for a Jonah uh, that will declare a word of warning uh, to the people that are facing judgment. Uh, He's looking for a willing voice uh, that will go to the people uh, and preach the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, He's looking for a Noah uh, that will declare to a lost world, uh, there is a way of escape. Uh, There is an ark of safety. Uh, You can't escape the judgment uh, that is coming. Uh, He's looking for somebody that's willing to say, I'm available, God. Use me, Lord. And he will not send a revival until he finds a willing vessel. He will not send a mighty move of God, the thing that we talk about, the thing that we've desired, the thing that we've said over and over again that we won't. God's not going to do it until he finds somebody who wants it enough to say, here I am, God. Use me. Here I am, God. I surrender to you. He's looking for Moses that's willing to stand in the gap of intercessory prayer and say, let my people go. He's looking for a willing vessel that's willing to be an intercessor and plead for the liberty of a generation that is bound in slavery to sin. Somebody who's willing to stand in between heaven and earth and hold back the judgment of God and declare liberty and freedom to those that are lost. He's looking for somebody that's willing to say, I'm available. I'll get out of my bed an hour early. I'll set the alarm clock early. I'll find a place where it's quiet. and I may not know much about how to pray, but Lord, I'm going to make myself available Lord I'm going to put myself in the place God that you can use me he's looking for somebody that will say here I am God send me someone that will allow God's will to come to fruition in your life. Uh, He's looking for a vessel of mercy and grace, an individual that will let him work one willing soul that will say here I am God Here I am, God. Work through me. God doesn't need much. He spoke the worlds into existence by the authority of his own voice. He created everything that is out of nothing at all. 
the heavens are his and the earth beneath. All of creation answers to his authority. The winds hear his voice and obey. The tides respond to his command. The moon, the stars rise and fall according to the word of God and the timetable that he has set from eternity past. We can set clocks. We can set digital devices to know the time by the rotation of the stars. That rotation was set in motion by the word of God. He didn't even have to touch it. All he had to do was speak it somewhere back in the eons of eternity past. God said, let there be light. And light appeared. And he said, separate the light from the darkness. And he set the bodies into the sky and set them in their motion and their rotations. Amen. And we can bank on it down to the millionth of a second. We know exactly how they're going to move because they march according to the word of God. But in this one thing, God has a need. He needs a person. He needs a man or a woman who will let him work. He needs somebody that will say, here I am, God. I'm available. I'm available. I'm not going to tell you, God, what you got to do with me. I'm going to tell you, God, where you got to send me. I'm not going to tell you, God, the role that I want to play. I'm just going to tell you, Lord, here I am, God. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever it is you want me to say, I am available. God gave Peter a specific commission to go to Cornelius and introduce this gospel to the Gentile people. Cornelius was a righteous man, so righteous that God sent an angel to him. Why didn't the angel preach to Cornelius? If God could send an angel to go into Cornelius' household... Why didn't the angel tell him, you need to repent of your sins uh, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of those sins and you'll receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? That's not what the angel said. The angel said, you need to go get a man named Peter and he's going to preach truth to you. I'm trying to get it through somebody's head this evening. God's not going to move in this city until you move in this city. God's not going to move in your home until you move in your home. God's not going to change the dynamics of of your workplace uh, until you get a hold of the throne of God and say, here I am, God. I'm available. God's not going to give us a revival until we surrender our heart to him and say, here I am, God. Use me. God is looking for a group of people that are willing to commit themselves to his service. He's looking for somebody that's willing to stand in the gap. He's looking for somebody that's willing to fight hell. He's looking for somebody that's willing to snatch souls from the jaws of eternity. He's looking for somebody that's willing to love, somebody that's willing to care, somebody that's willing to give, somebody that's willing to go, somebody that's willing to be a helping hand, somebody that's willing to be a listening ear, somebody that's willing to pray in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep, somebody Somebody that's willing to say, here I am, God. Use me. I want you to know tonight, there is a work that only you can do. There is a part of God's plan that only you can accomplish. And if you don't do it, it won't get done. There are souls that only you can reach. 
There are people that only you will get the chance to preach to. There are people that only you can touch. You. Put your finger in your own chest. Say, I am important to God. I matter to God. He saved me for a reason. He saved me for a purpose. And I'll never know what that is until I lift my hands and say, here I am, God. I'm available. Use me. Direct me. Anoint me. Pour out your spirit upon me. I am available. This year will be a year of availability. We're going to seek the face of God. We're going to seek the presence of God. The reason why we're changing up the way we're doing some things. The reason why we're starting a prayer meeting at 530 on Sunday night. Amen. It's not just because we need to add more stuff. My schedule is so busy I can't get all the stuff done. It's because I realize God's not going to move until I make myself available for a move of God. It's because I realize the anointing of God is not going to break chains in this house until I make myself available to to the anointing of God. It's not going to happen until I say, here I am, God. Use me. This year, we're going to seek the face of God like we never have before, not for our agenda, but for his agenda. Not for what we want, but for what he wants. Sometimes we get that out of whack. We treat God like he's the genie in the bottle. That has nothing better to do than to grant our every wish. We get a whim, and we think God ought to satisfy that whim. We get a notion, and we think it's God's business to satisfy that notion. But the Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The Scripture says, seek first His will, His purpose, His plan. Find a place first and say, here I am, God. I'm available. Use me. And then the Bible says, it will make ourselves available to him for his plan. Everything else uh, he will take care of. Uh, everything else uh, he's going to add to us. Uh, every other need, you don't have to go and chase every whim and every desire that crops up in your life. You just need to get yourself in a place and say, God, here I am. Use me. He'll take care of your business, honey, if you'll make his business the most important thing in your life. He'll provide for you. He'll bless you. He'll work miracles for you. He'll move heaven and earth for somebody that's willing to say, I'm available, God. I'm not much. I don't amount to much. Amen. I don't have a pedigree, but I'm available, God. That's the kind of people God moves heaven and earth to bless because he knows if I bless them, they're going to bless my work. And this year, 2016, God is looking for somebody to fulfill his plan. And his purpose in our world is looking for somebody that will make themselves available. In the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah, we find the prophet in the temple. Three things happened there that transformed the life of Isaiah. First of all, he saw God. And the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. 
Amen. He saw the greatest in the year that the king died. He saw the greatest king there ever was. And he saw that that king was still sitting on his throne. And that king was still in charge. That God was on the throne and God was sovereign. He was reigning over the whole universe. And from heaven's point of view, the whole earth was full of his glory. And after seeing God, he saw himself. The sight of a holy God brought great conviction to Isaiah's heart and he confessed uh, in the presence of God, I'm just a sinner. Uh, I'm just a lowly man. Uh, I've got unclean lips. Uh, amen. I, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God. Uh, whenever you really see God, uh, it always makes you really see yourself. Uh, whenever you really get a glimpse uh, of the holiness and righteousness of God, uh, when you get past your little fairy tale image uh, and really get into the presence of God, it always comes causes you to see yourself. And Isaiah began to cry out to be cleansed. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me, God. I'm not worthy. God, that is an every time reaction when you find yourself in the presence of a holy God. There's nobody, no man that ever walked in shoe leather that ever stands in the presence of God like that and doesn't feel the need to repent and say, wash me, cleanse me. Amen. Let the blood of Jesus Christ cover me. I'm just a man. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of a holy God before we can minister to anybody else we first got to let God minister to us before we can ever become the vessel that God's going to use we first got to get ourselves into the presence of God and let God wash us let him cleanse us. Uh, let him make us uh, into the people uh, that he's called us to be. Amen. There's some things in my life uh, that he needs to cleanse out of my life. There's some stuff I've allowed creep into my heart. I didn't even realize it was there, but when I get into the presence of God, uh, amen, before I ever get around to praying, I'm available, God. Uh, there's something that takes place uh, in the presence of God, and he begins to cut some things off, uh, and he begins to wash some things away, and he begins to cleanse my heart of some attitudes and some thoughts uh, and some stuff I didn't even know had crept up in there. But when I find myself uh, in the presence of God, I find myself in a place of repentance. And after Isaiah humbled himself before God and the, the angel of the Lord carried the fire from under the, the, the throne and the, the altar and, and cleansed Isaiah's lips, Isaiah then saw the need. The whole story revolves around his seeing the need. The nation needed the Lord. The people of Israel needed God. And God needed a man. God needed a servant. God needed somebody who would go. Somebody who would make themselves Available. So Isaiah, after first seeing his own need, saw the need of the people. And when the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Uh, Isaiah never hesitated. Uh, he never backed up one bit. Uh, he said, Here I am, God. Send me. Uh, I am available. Use me. 
I don't believe God's desire has changed one bit. It's a different world now than it was then. It's a different generation now than it was then. But the need is no less. The lost are still lost. There's still a people who need to hear a word from God. And God still wants to work. And the only question is, who will let him? There's a voice coming out of the heavens tonight, speaking into this auditorium, echoing through the hearts of the people of God. Who will go? Who shall I send? Who will make themselves available? It was the dawn of a brand new era. Man had finally conquered the last frontier. The Apollo 13 mission was supposed to have been the third lunar landing. The third time that men would walk on the moon. However, something went dreadfully wrong. 20,000 miles from the earth, there was an explosion in one of the oxygen tanks that crippled the vessel. It resulted in the most famous radio broadcast in human history. Houston, we have a problem. What followed was one of the most incredible stories of ingenuity and resourcefulness in the face of imminent disaster. The explosion forced the three astronauts to retreat into the landing module. And problem after problem had to be overcome by the creativity of the crew and their counterparts back on Earth at Mission Control. One particular problem was the buildup of carbon dioxide in the landing module. That module was not built to support the whole crew for an extended period of time. And its air scrubbers did not have enough filter life to keep the air breathable for as long as it would take for them to get back to Earth. As it turns out, Brother Donnie, they had plenty of filters. They just were the wrong shape. They had a bunch of square filters made to fit a square air scrubber that was going to be in the vessel they were supposed to be inhabiting, but they didn't have enough of the round air filters to fit the round air scrubber in the landing module where they were forced to go. Before long, it became apparent that unless they found a way to make a round peg fit into a square hole, that crew was going to die in space. And in that critical moment, they needed a miracle. Their search for an answer was never about being able to come up with a perfect solution because there was no perfect solution. Instead, it was about using what they had available to meet the need that was at hand. Mission Control put together an emergency team and told them they had 24 hours to solve the problem using only the type of equipment and tools that the crew had on board the spacecraft. They were limited to plastic bags, cardboard, suit hoses, and duct tape. Thank God for duct tape. With those simple ingredients, that team at Mission Control, created a workable solution. Astronaut Jim Lovell, who was on the Apollo 13 mission, later wrote and said this. He said the contraption that they came up with wasn't very handsome, but it worked. And the crew of the Apollo 13 was saved because they figured out how to use what was available 
to meet the need that was before them. Let me tell you something. Duct tape was never made to be used to create an air filter in outer space. Uh, it was never intended that that high-tech piece of machinery would have a little cardboard and a little suit hose and a little duct tape scrubbing everything together to make everything work. Uh, amen. But when you find yourself in that place uh, where all you can use uh, is what is available, uh, if you can find something uh, that is available to use, uh, you can do anything. Uh, amen. I come to tell somebody in this house uh, that God isn't looking uh, for the perfect person. He isn't looking for the right part. He isn't looking for something that was manufactured uh, to meet the revival uh, or meet the needs uh, of this generation. He's just looking for somebody that is willing, somebody that is available, somebody that's willing to say, God, I'm not much. Uh, I'm just a roll of duct tape uh, and a little bit of cardboard. Uh, but if you can use me, God, uh, I'm willing to be used. Uh, he's not looking for somebody who's got it all figured out. Uh, he's not looking for somebody has everything perfectly in order. Huh? He's just looking for what is available. Huh? He's just looking for what huh, is ready to hand. Huh? He'll use uh, whatever he can use uh, to bring about revival in a city that needs revival. Huh? He's just looking for somebody that's willing to say, here I am, God. Give him a widow and a nearly empty pot of meal and he can work a miracle of provision. Give him a lad and a few fishes and loaves uh, and he'll feed a great multitude. Give him one single willing life uh, and he'll turn the world upside down for the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. God is looking for somebody who will make themselves available. This year, the Pentecostals of Lake City are going to be exactly what he's looking for. We're going to make ourselves available. We're going to make ourselves available to pray like we've never prayed before. We're going to build an altar in our homes, and we're going to build an altar in the sanctuary, and we're going to have red-hot prayer meeting uh, before we ever sing the first song uh, on Sunday night uh, because we're going to be available for a move of the Holy. If God's looking for somewhere to pour out his spirit, uh, he's not going to have to look far uh, because we're going to provide him an atmosphere of praise and worship and wonder and glory and majesty where he can move. Uh, if he's looking for somebody that he can pour out a blessing on, we're going to make sure that he knows uh, we're available in Lake City, Arkansas. There's a church uh, that is available. There's a people that are hungry. We're going to be available to serve. Not in the capacity that we want, but in the capacity that he wants. Whatever it is, Lord, that you want me to do, I want to do it, God. Uh, wherever it is you want me to go, whatever it is you want me to do, if it moves me out of my comfort zone, uh, that's okay, God. I'm available. Uh, we're going to be available to speak. Uh, amen. It's not an easy thing to do, uh, to speak up. Uh, but we talked about it this morning, uh, the need that we have uh, to preach the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. How shall they hear? How shall they believe except they hear? and how shall they hear except somebody preach to them. Uh, amen. We're going to be available to preach. Uh, we're going to be available to go. We're going to be available to do. We're going to be available to be used. Uh, we're going to be available to become uh, the church that he's called us to be. We will be available. Today, as you stand with me, and Brother Brian, if you come to the music, there is a clarion call going forth from the throne of God. I can hear it in my spirit. God will work. Who will let him?
God will work. Who will let him? Come on, that's revival knocking on the door. Who will answer it? Come on, that's the answer to your prayer knocking on the door. Who will make themselves available? Come on, church, you've been praying they got to set Peter free. That's Peter knocking on the door. Uh, who will make themselves available? God will work. Uh, who will let him? Uh, God will work. Uh, it's not a question of the will of God. Uh, God's willing. Uh, the real question is, are we willing to crucify our flesh? Uh, are we willing to bring ourselves an altar? Are we willing to make ourselves available? Uh, are we willing to say, here I am, God, send me.